0: hello guys and welcome to the choo-choo
1: club i'm emily i'm Monse.
2: i'm marcus
1: i'm lauren i'm sonia and i'm rafa and
0: today this episode we'll be talking about international women's day so in this episode we are going to be celebrating the accomplishments of powerful women throughout history because women are awesome
1: Amen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as many of you know, March is International Women's Month and International Women's Month is a time in which women all over the world get together and celebrate all the struggles and accomplishments that women have had to go through to get where they are today. And even if we still have a little bit to go, it's much better than if we had lived during very misogynistic times, Mm -hmm. I think.
3: Yeah, we're definitely Mm -hmm. better, but we definitely still have a long long way
4: to go. That's definitely true, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So International Women's Day is celebrated every year on March 8th, which is this coming Monday, to celebrate the accomplishments of women around the world. And it is also associated with gender equality. International Women's Day was first established over 100 years ago in March of 1911 in Denmark. And the day has three main colors, purple, green, and white, and each color has symbolization behind it. Green represents hope, white represents purity, and purple represents justice, all fitting colors for this theme.
3: Yeah, that's so cool.
1: I, oh, I have no that. idea. I,
3: don't I had know
2: no idea I didn't existed.
5: I know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> purple and green. Cool colors, I though. think purple is a really interesting color because it's like since it's also related with like royalty and like mm-hmm. stuff it like gives like women like honor and like stuff you know yeah it gives it that yeah. extra meaning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so let's get to
0: our first activity shall we so yes. we are going to be doing a show and tell so Ooh. for this show and tell each one of us researched a woman who we thought was very impactful throughout their lifetime. And we're just gonna show and tell. So since I did introduce it, I'll be the first one to talk. So I researched Rosalind Franklin. So she was born in 1920, July 25th, uh, in London, England. And she is best known for her contributions to the discovery of molecules, the, the molecular struggle, structure. Oh my gosh, I cannot speak today. <laughs> of deoxyribonucleic acid, also known as DNA. And she also contributed to the new insight of the research for viruses, right? Ooh. So a little bit about her. Um, she had a big impact during World War II. She not only served as a London air raid warden, but she also gave her fellowship to work for the British Coal Utilization Research Association to study the physical chemistry of carbon and coal throughout the war. Um, She also began her research at King's College, and she soon discovered the density of DNA. And she made clear x-ray patterns of DNA that also laid the foundation for James Watson and Francis Crick to suggest about the double helix in DNA. So Dang. mm -hmm. So she also advocated for women and African Americans and gave passionate speeches for women's rights. But sadly, she did die on April 16th, 1958. And ever since her remarkable movements and research, she has inspired a lot of female scientists and women now hold a huge, significant scientific position. You know, more women Mm -hmm. now today are receiving PhDs in biological fields, especially in the United States. And a lot of A lot of places are also named after her i know there's the rosalind franklin university of medicine and science um the rosalind franklin institute in the united kingdom so her involvement with dna research did ultimately lead her to have cancer and died on april 16th honestly the reason why I chose her is because um, I actually learned about it in bio. <laughs> I actually learned <laughs> about her in bio with DNA
1: replication. So, yeah. Taking what you learned from the classroom outside very well. hmm <laughs> Well, my person that I chose was somebody called Maria Skaldowska. Now, you might not recognize that name, but the name you do recognize is Marie Curie. Marie Curie, she was born in in 1867 on November 7th. We share the same birthday, what? In Warsaw, Poland. Oh my God, my idol. In Warsaw, Poland. And she gained a lot of school experience from her mother who was a secondary school teacher and her father who really was a driving force in her scientific exploration and what inspired her to lead a life of science. She left Poland and moved to Krakow after Poland was starting to get under Russian control. And after that, in 1891, she moved to Paris, where she started her studies in the College of Sorbonne, also known as the University of Paris, where she earned a physics and uh, mathematical science degree. While in the university, she met Pierre Curie who after yeah. a few years of talking, they ended up getting married in 1895. Oh, okay,
5: okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And so she had two daughters, 1897, she had her first daughter, Irene. And then in 1904, she had her second daughter, Eve. Now, Mercury is known for her discovery of radium, radium radioactivity, and something that really influenced the time that she was in. Um, there's a movie called Radium Girls, which talks about how these girls would use radium and clocks and how it really shows how much radium had an impact around the world. She also discovered pal- palladium. Palladium, yes, thank you. She <laughs> <how to say. laughs> discovered palladium with her husband also, and unfortunately her husband did pass away in a car accident. But because of that, she was given his teaching position at the University of Paris. This position made her the first woman to work as a professor at the university. She also later was the first woman to receive a, well, before that, she she was the first woman to receive a PhD from any French university. And then after her work, she was the first woman to receive not one, but two Nobel Prizes, Mm -hmm. one in physics and one in chemistry. That's crazy. And she really, yeah, it's very cool. In 1922, she was added to the League of Nations and she really was a figure who allowed women, at least in Europe, to be taken more seriously in their work in science and advancing in the academic stages. Every wow, person. I've
4: never heard of this person
1: ever. You
4: never heard of Marie uh, Curie? Marie Curie? Oh, Marie Curie? Oh, I thought it was someone else. I thought it was someone else. Oh my god. What? Um, <laughs>
1: Curie, oh my god. I was like, what?
4: I just didn't know that she did all that. Like, mm-hmm. I just knew that I was always told that she was just like a scientist, but I didn't know she did all that. I like, mean, she, I, I mean, didn't know she won two Nobel Prizes or anything like that.
0: I only knew her name, I didn't know what she did. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, yeah, so mm-hmm. for my person, I chose to share the life and work of Antonia Novello. So Antonia Novello was born on August 23, 1944 in Puerto Rico. And she was born with a condition of her liver, or sorry, her intestine, that would require frequent hospital visits. And because of her condition, Novello knew from a young age that she wanted to do a job That would help others, so no other person would have to be in her position or be in her shoes and have to deal with the same things she dealt with when she was younger. So, when in her thirties, Novello worked as a pediatrician and was part of the public health service in the late nineteen seventies. She became involved with the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development and was a coordinator of AIDS research. Um, and she received her degree at John Hopkins School of Hygiene and Public Health in nineteen eighty two and her work attracted the attention of the White House. Uh, Antonio Novello was appointed Surgeon General in 1990 by George H.W. Bush. And basically what a Surgeon General is, is basically they're the nation's doctor, and they speak up, they're the spokesperson for important information about public health in the United States. And Novello was the first woman and the first Hispanic to hold this position. And since she held that position, she advocated against many things, including immunization and drug abuse. And she served in that position for three years until 1993 when she left her position and she received praise from President Clinton. I have a direct quote. He praised her vigor and talent. Mm -hmm. Some of her other accomplishments include she was the representative of UNICEF, which is geared towards children from 1993 to 1996. She was the commissioner of health for New York from 1999 to 2006, and she was the vice president of Disney's Children's Hospital in Orlando. And some of her awards that she's received for her work are the Public Health Service Outstanding Service Medal, the Public Health Service Citation Medal, and the Public Health Service Outstanding Unit Citation. She also received a few awards for her work overseas. So she as- received the Association of Military Surgeons of the United States, and the Reserve Officers Association, and she also received the Surgeon General badge because she was um Surgeon General. And in nineteen ninety four, Novella was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame, which is a very prestigious honor. Wow. And I chose yeah, I chose Novella because she's an example of how someone's personal conflicts. Can drive them to do great things and help many people. So since she was, um, since she had that condition when she was younger, that would require frequent hospital visits. She took that and instead of, um, you know, dwelling on it and like suffering over it, she used it as a goal to help others, and basically like it fueled her journey to do all the things that she's done in her career.
1: Nice. I never heard of what her. a woman of service.
4: I know what a woman of mm. service. Yeah. Wow. All right. So my woman that I chose is pretty recent. She, her name is Chloe Zhao. She's 38 years old, and she was the first ever Asian woman to ever win Best Director at the Golden Globes, which was this year, Ooh. which actually took place a couple days ago, for her film No *Nomadland*. She's the second woman to win Best Director in Golden Globes history, and this. Golden Globes 2021 was also the first time more than one woman was nominated for Best Director in the award's 78-year history. So a little bit on Zhao, she grew up in Beijing, China, and attended boarding school in London, finished high school in LA, and studied political science in Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts. After graduating, she spent several years bartending and taking up odd jobs until she decided to enroll in film school at New York University during what she thinks of as a quarter-life crisis. Zhao also over the next few years, developed an intimate method of storytelling that required her to embed herself into new communities and gain the trust of people who become the subjects of her movies. So she planned her first movie to be set in the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota and spent a year getting to know people in the area until she felt she was hearing their authentic stories. Beyond the narratives of poverty, alcoholism, and historical trauma, they would relayed to journalists and artists who dipped into the area for material. So then she spent the next three years in the area, and she also worked as like, a substitute teacher for a high school creative writing class and wrote 30 drafts of the movie that she was working on. But then funding suddenly fell through, and she and her filming and her romantic partner, Joshua James Richards, learned the news while on a camera test in New Jersey. When they drove back to the New York apartment right after, they found their apartment had been broken into, and all the previous gathered footage of their movie was gone. Like, they literally got robbed. What? So then wow. she took this, oh. yeah. it was insane. My so she took the $70,000 she had in the bank, raised another $30,000, and returned back to South Dakota for a fresh start. So, her first feature film was released in 2015, which is called Songs My Brother Taught Me. It's about a Lacoa sweet, I, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Sui, S I O U X. All right, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. A a sweet teenager from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation who's considering following his girlfriend out to LA. So, when she leaves for college, Zhao drew from the actors' lives and events that occurred on the reservation to write scenes each day. So, her second feature film, 2017's The Writer, stars Br- Brady Jandrio. I hope I pronounced that right, too. A Lakota horse trainer and rodeo competitor, the director met while scouting projects in South Dakota. She learned that Jandrew had recently experienced a near-fatal and career-ending injury during a rodeo performance, but against his doctor's wishes, got back on the horse a few months later. And so she developed a script based on these events and cast Jandrew as the lead. So then, all that indie work that she developed over making those movies led her to direct 2020's Nomadland, which was adapted from Jessica non nonfiction book of the same name. And it follows a group of older Americans living out in their cars and vans after the Great Recession. And the sweeping story of down and out nomadic workers, it's a top Oscar contender for the 93rd Academy Awards on April, tw- uh, which is going to take place on April 25th. And it also won Best Director at No Land, which is what Chloe Zhao won. So that's why I chose her, because I feel like being the first Asian woman to win Best Director is super significant for people like me, especially because I'm an Asian film or I aspire to be an Asian filmmaker. And I feel like women like her, is they're like good role models for young filmmakers and just young women in general to look up to.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, She's cool. really leading a new generation of She really films. is. She's mm-hmm. changing the film industry. Yeah, for the yep. better.
3: For the mm-hmm. better. Okay, so I'm going to be presenting Angela Davis. So if you guys don't know who Angela Davis is, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background on her early life. So she was born in 1944 in Birmingham, Alabama, and her parents were school teachers. She lived in a neighborhood called Dynamite Hill, and it was called Dynamite Hill because of a very sad reason. It was called Dynamite Hill because the neighborhood was being constantly targeted by the KKK. There were multiple bombings all the time. Um, in an interview later on in her life, she even said that, like, she remembers growing up. Her father always had to have a gun, like, ready in case anything happened. And it was a really bad neighborhood to live in because of white supremacies and white supremacist groups. So, Dang. yeah, mm. it's kind of crazy. And all of these like events in her life really pushed her to become the person that she is today. Nice. So she went to college in Massachusetts at Brandeis University. And then she went to grad school at UC San Diego in California. In the 60s, she started becoming very politically active and she started joining lots of groups and political parties she joined um well there's actually some controversy if she joined the black panther party or not but she mainly worked with an all-black branch of the communist party which is interesting and because of this in a little bit before 1970 she got in trouble with her job as professor at ucla and she even got fired but she went to court and she got her job back but eventually she left So one of the main events in her life that really propelled her to, I guess, being known internationally was her relationship, I guess, with the Soledad brothers. And um, the Soledad brothers were three inmates of Soledad prison who were John, Clichette, Felita, Drumgo, and George Jackson. And some people think that they were being scapegoated because of their political work within the prison. They were writing letters to civil rights activists outside of the prison that they were in about the treatment that they were receiving and everything. Originally, they were in prison because of some um, theft charges but they were never, um, like they never went to trial for it. They were just basically stuck in prison.
1: So oh, wow, yeah. They were, they, of, so they never got a trial, so.
3: Like for a while they were just in prison
1: oh
3: and (laughs)
0: yeah
3: they were accused of killing a prison guard a white prison guard and they were then sentenced to trial for a much bigger time obviously and angela davis really strongly supported them she was one of the civil rights activists that was you know receiving the letters and being really active in their case and during george jackson's trial in august of 1970 there was an attempted escape by his brother And it ended up in a shootout that killed four people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: Jeez. Four people. It's really
3: the 1960s and 70s. All the civil rights movement was a very, I guess, like, fragile time and very difficult for a lot of people. So Angela was charged for her alleged part in the event. And she went into hiding. And she even ended up on the FBI's most wanted list. She was caught two months later. Yeah, she was caught two months later and she spent 18 months in prison. And this whole time that she was there, it garnered a lot of international press attention. And there was a big international movement at the time to free Angela Davis and all political prisoners. So then she was acquitted in June of 1972. Um, If you want to learn more about this case, I really recommend watching 13th on Netflix. It's about the 13th Amendment and Lots of civil rights movements throughout history from the 13th Amendment till now. But yeah, basically this movement, or not this movement, but Angela Davis's time in prison and all the experiences that she went through pushed her to become an organizer, an activist for civil rights and social justice. And she wrote many, many books on women's rights, on racism, discrimination, and all of that. And she was the founder, founding member of Critical Resistance, which is a national organization that was dedicated to the dismantling of the prison industrial complex. And she is very invested in feminist movements and civil rights movements that even now today, she still gives speeches at lots of events and stuff. So, yeah, that's Angela Davis. All right.
1: All right. Wow. She really... She went all in. Yeah, her life was
3: like a movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's insane. I chose her because, like, I didn't even know she really existed. I only knew, like, I had heard her name. But once I, like, started, like, looking into what she did, I even read a bit of one of her books, Women, Race, and Class. And, like, it's it's insane. And she's, I think, really inspiring because she, I mean, she has inspired a lot of people to fight against the prison industrial complex and...
1: Abolishing it,
5: essentially.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
5: Very nice. Strong woman. Woo. Very. Yeah, okay.
3: girl boss. For real.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right. So I will be introducing to you, as you probably have heard of at some point, the immortal Henrietta Lacks. So Henrietta Lacks was born August 1st, 1920, in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, she did, unfortunately, have a very rough childhood as... At a young age, um, her mother passed away in childbirth, so she could only live with her father. And they had to move to another city in Virginia, and she had to live with her grandfather. So from the get-go, she was a very strong woman, and she had a lot to go through and a lot to build herself up upon. So she lived life like a lot of us up until, let me see, I believe it is January 29th, 1951. And on that day, she went into the renowned uh, Johns Hopkins Hospital, which at the time was one of very few hospitals to treat African-American people. And she was diagnosed with cervical cancer because she felt that she had a knot in her womb and that's what they diagnosed it as. So her time with cancer was very rough. Um, In the beginning, they actually misdiagnosed the type of cancer, but they ended up finally diagnosing it, unfortunately, a little bit too late. Um, and at some point, the cancer became metastatic and unfortunately, she did pass away at the young age of 31, but um, through all this suffering and hardship that Henrietta Lacks had to overcome in her life, um, very short but very impactful life, she gave us really, really, really important cells. These are known as HeLa cells. and These cells were discovered when they did uh, an an autopsy of her cancer and all the cancerous cells. And what they found was that normal people's cells would just die within a matter of a few days, even cancer cells. But she was literally built different and her cells just didn't die. In fact, they kept growing every 20 to 24 hours and doubling so what What? yeah she literally she's still alive her cells are still alive right now
0: that's insane
5: (laughs) (laughs) that's they didn't call her immortal for nothing so she her cells are as i said are called tila cells and those cells have now contributed to some of the world's best cancer research that we have going on research with viruses vaccines a lot of the things that we have going on right now Henrietta is helping us. And although she may not be with us anymore, her cells are certainly with us and they are propelling us to the forefront of medical research and cancer research. So why I chose Henrietta Lacks. Also, actually, no, side note. If you do want to know more about her, I am pretty sure that there is a documentary called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. So please go watch that. It's insane. She's insane. I love her. So yeah, why I chose her. First of all, I don't think you've ever met anyone immortal. So that's the first thing. She's literally immortal. And although she may not have known how big of a contribution she would make, you know, she had to tough through her life to the point where she lost it. But by giving herself to science and literally devoting her whole life to science, as rough as it may have been, she gave a lot of people the opportunity to live, to research, to have an education. To study really quite a quite an impressive thing to have cells that don't die. So I think that she's just a very powerful woman, quite literally. And I think that she has had one of the greatest um, impacts on medicine, pretty much pretty much in the world. In fact, my brother actually worked with HeLa cells a few years ago hmm. um, in a summer program. So she lives on with us. Oh wait, really? I didn't know that. Yep. Is your brother in like the medical field? He is going into medical school. He's applying, but we're still oh, wow. applying. But yeah, he did a bunch of programs and he was like, Oh mom, I worked with Hela Cells. And my mom's like, You worked with Hela cells?
0: Oh. So yeah, she's she's so
5: literally cool. you look around idea. the corner Damn. and Henrietta is there. She's everywhere, science. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh I didn't even know she
0: existed. That's big impact. Yeah, I didn't know
5: either. Yep. A
1: big impact. She exists.
5: She's everywhere.
1: She's a demigod.
5: Literally, (laughs) yeah. Literally,
1: Percy
4: Jackson. Yeah. Honestly. All right. So now that we talked about a bunch of significant women, both past and present, obviously, present day, um, this past election has been historic. I mean, the historic time we're living through, and this the historic significance of the selection. Um, we have our first woman VP Kamala Harris which I think is insane I remember when the 2016 election happened and Hillary Clinton lost and I was like oh my god we're never going to get another opportunity and then 2021 happened and we have a woman maybe not a woman president but a woman VP which is still really really significant and I think it's crazy that we've come so far but we still have a very long way to go but we're not going to cover that in this episode we have another episode that's coming out next week that's going to cover everything that about women present day and where we want to go in the future
3: yep there's still a long way to go, but we've definitely come a long way from not being able to vote back in the 1800s and early 1900s to having our first vp and that's really insane yeah
1: mm-hmm. and we've gone through many challenges along the way, you know with mm-hmm. the slow progression of states actually deciding to give people the right to vote, like women getting the ability to work and not work without having to worry about dying, women having the ability to control how they want to live their reproductive lives, and the formation of equality in our nation and around the world.
4: Yep, it's super significant. Mm -hmm. And speaking of significance, irrelevant to our topic, we have a really significant announcement for the Choo Choo Club.
0: Hell yeah. We made a Discord server Woo! so all of you can interact with us, with your fellow, our fellow listeners, and to so just chill out and vibe in the choo choo club. You know, yep. I recommend that you all join the Discord server. It's gonna be a lot of fun. There's a bunch of channels, bunch of new people that you can meet. It's gonna be amazing. All you have to do, just remember is that you do have to verify yourself in the rules section by clicking on the purple heart, and then you can access all the other channels. As long as you follow
1: the rules. Mm -hmm. Yep. On the Discord, you could talk about anything you want. You want to talk about astrology? Go ahead. You want to talk about paranormal? Go ahead. We have a big platform to everybody to talk about what they like and to connect with people who share the same interests. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so how do you get onto
4: this Discord exactly? So after you log off this episode, head over to our Instagram. We have a highlight uh, little thing called social media. Click on that and then it'll give you the Discord code. You get the Discord app and then you click join server. Enter that Discord code in and it'll take you right to the Discord server.
1: And mm-hmm. while you're there, also make sure to go check out our TikTok. We're always yep. updating that. So make sure if you want to scroll through endless TikToks, make sure to scroll through our TikToks as well. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't have a ton
4: right now, but we're going to be uploading a ton more in the future. So make sure to follow it so you can stay tuned and also follow our YouTube channel. We don't have any content on there right now, but we're going to be posting a bunch of new content in the coming months. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out. There's the lot mean, so some, oh, a you lot of some read.
1: gameplay. Oh, yeah. Baby, cool. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe, or awesome. maybe even live podcasts. I don't even know what,
1: what? Know. Exactly. Exactly. you want to be part of the podcast. You might just want to subscribe to our YouTube. Exactly, exactly, exactly. New
0: content coming soon for all of our listeners, Baby. all of our passengers. Our so. passengers.
1: Mm-hmm. so, thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy International Women's Month, and we hope to see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you. You You
4: too.